Tonight, I hope that you'll uh, join me and look at a few passages with me as, as we talk about this, this topic. Is this the place? A few weeks ago, a friend of mine wrote an article that uh, had something to do with a trip that he had made to Israel. And uh, it brought back memories when he wrote it. And I, I thought I would share or build a lesson around this. But one of the things that he said in the article is, you know, when you go to Israel and you go to all these sites, uh, the, you read about them in the Bible and, and uh, it's just like... Oh yeah, this is this is this is where this happened, and and you find yourself as you go through different cities and different sites, and you'll be standing at different places. You're you're always asking this: Is this the place where? And, and you know you fill in the blank. We were always asking that. I was in uh, Jerusalem on one occasion where a guy came out and he said, "Oh, come with me. Get, uh, give me five dollars, and I'll let you put your hand where Jesus touched this wall back here. Uh, this is the place where Jesus touched this wall, and uh, give me five dollars, and I'll let you touch it too. Um, is this the place? It's pretty neat, though, to." really be at the places where some significant events took place and to be able to say, I was there. Have you ever seen something on television that goes across? Maybe it's your hometown or maybe it's someplace in a far off place that you've been to. Well, just tonight, uh, uh, Mary was talking about a place, what was it, in New Mexico maybe, and Mark said, oh, I, I've been there. You know, we, we like to say, I've been to that place. Well, I want us to transfer that idea to the church tonight. And I want to ask the question, is this the Carnes congregation? Is this the place where you can find a number of things that we're going to discuss? Let's start with this one. Is this the place where Jesus is exalted? That's what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to exalt Jesus. And I know that there are certain places that you may go to that claim to be uh, churches. They, people claim to be followers of Jesus. And when you really look closely at what's going on, or maybe you don't even have to look closely, you can stand at a distance and see what's going on, and you learn real quickly it's not a place where Jesus is exalted, lifted up, honored, and, and paid tribute to. Is this the place where Jesus is exalted? If we're going to wear the name of Christ, if we're going to put a sign out there, you know, we, we spent money on this sign out in front of the building so that we can advertise to everybody, this is where the church of Jesus Christ worships and meets and assembles. If we're going to claim to be Jesus' people, it, let's make sure that that claim is true. Is this the place where Jesus is exalted. Turn in your Bible to Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5. As John is on the island of Patmos, he has this vision from, the, uh, from Jesus while he's on this island. And in chapter 4, he's kind of taken into the throne room of heaven. He sees these heavenly beings there and uh, you know, God and the, the whole throne room situation. And they... If you look at verse 8, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes and without, around and within, and they do not rest day and night, saying this, saying what? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and who is to come, who was and is and is to come. 
And then as you go on, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. And then the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things and by your will they exist and were created. The throne room of heaven has the angelic beings and the redeemed from ages past standing, bowing before God, saying, you are worthy, you are holy. I hope that when people come here, they will find this to be a place where Jesus is magnified. We're not about ritual and routine. It's not about going through the motions. We have a certain set number of things we have to get done with tonight, and then we can all go home. That's not what it's about. We have come to pay homage to Christ because of who he is and what he's done for us. In Revelation chapter 5, there is a seal, a scroll that is given, and, and nobody is worthy to open the scroll to loose the seal so that it can be opened up. And it contained things about the future. And John began to weep because he wanted to know what was here to to happen in in a very short while. And they said, don't worry, there, there is someone who's worthy. Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Israel. He takes it and he opens it. And if you look at verse 9, They sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Jesus is worthy. I want, I hope that this is the place where people can come and say, This place magnifies Jesus. It's not self-serving. It's not about us. It's about him. Uh, I once heard a guy talking about theology. You know, theology is the study of God. And, And he said, you know, the problem with most theologies, most systematic theology books, is that they're God oriented rather than people oriented. That's the problem? Uh, it, it seems like that's what it should be, should it not? Theology isn't people-centered, it's God-centered. We're talking about him. He is worthy. It's not about us. It's about him who loves us and brought us to him or reconciled us to him. Let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a place that needs to uplift Jesus. When we come together and worship, are we worshiping? You know, it's easy to sit and what, what, well, it used to be pass notes, you know, we would pass notes. Um, now we text notes. Um, fine to use those devices to look up passages and so forth, but don't, don't, don't lose sight of why you're here. This is about God. This is about bringing glory to him. So that's one thing. Another thing that we, I would like to ask is, is this the place where those who are lost can find Jesus. Do we talk about what a man must do to be saved? I, I knew, well, uh, I, I knew a man who had moved uh, to a 
location, I, I won't tell you where it was, but he had worshipped with that congregation for a year. And in a year's time, he never once heard the plan of salvation mentioned in a sermon. In a year's time, he never once heard the preacher extend an invitation to people to, to come to Christ. Then what are they doing? What's it, what's it all about to them? What's the mission of the church if it isn't to reach out and save the lost? In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, we're to make disciples of all nations, teaching them and baptizing them. Uh, the passage in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 says, We believe, therefore we speak. Uh, if I believe in God, if I believe in Jesus, if I believe in heaven and hell, then how can I not speak of how to be saved and how to avoid being lost? In 1 Corinthians 14, I know the context is different because they had these miraculous gifts and, and uh, people, visitors, would come into the assembly And while they were there, because of the spiritual gifts, the miraculous powers that the church had at that time, they would lay out things and convince people, wow, how's that guy know all that about me? This is crazy. I mean, he can tell me. You remember what the woman at the well said when Jesus met up with her? She said, he knew everything I've ever done. When Nathaniel met Jesus, he said, how did you know who I was when I... You were over here and I was over here and you knew who I was. These, this church in the first century used those spiritual gifts to convince people that God was true and their message was real. And listen to what it says, what they said in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at verse 25. They fell down, they would fall down on their face, humbled by the experience And they worship God and reported that God is truly among you. When visitors come to worship with us, do they leave saying, this is the place where God is? He is truly here. I can see it in his people. I can hear it in the message that is proclaimed. I can hear it in the songs that are sung. And, and the, uh, the uplifted lifted voices of those who are participating. Is this the place where people can find Jesus? You can go to some places and you might think, after going away, the mission of the church is to um, kind of function like maybe a YMCA. Um, that, that seems to be the focus. I hope people will see the focus of this group of people, first and foremost trying to bring people to Jesus, trying to get people who have struggled and stumbled and been ensnared in sin to find their way out so that they can go to heaven. That's why we exist. And as we try to do that, oh, there are a lot of ways that we can encourage ourselves and and seek to build one another up and to develop relationships. But the primary purpose is to bring glory to God and bring people to Jesus. Is this the place where that takes place? Another thing is, is this the place where we bear one another's burdens? Life is hard. Um, Probably most of us have lived long enough to learn that. And uh, if we could change things, we'd change them in a heartbeat. 
But there are some things we just have to endure. Some hardships we have to just, it's a weight that we'll carry to the grave. But is this a place where I can bring my burdens and know that people won't judge me, but they'll help me? Is this a place where I can say, here are the problems that I'm having in my life, and I need help? Uh, it, sometimes it's just too much for me. I, I need strength. I need someone to listen to me. I, I need somebody to pick me up. I need somebody to be strong for me when I'm weak. I, I just need to know that somebody has my back. Can we do that here? Is this the place where that takes place? It should be. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we're supposed to be about as a church. Um, let, Let me give you another one. Is this the place where we can confess our sins? Confession of sins is difficult, well, for a number of reasons. Number one, when we sin, we're embarrassed. I hope we are. I hope when we make a mistake, we don't do it with a high hand and it doesn't, I'm not embarrassed by that. I don't, I'm not blushing by that at all. I have nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody sins. You know. I hope that's not our attitude. But if we have the mind of Christ, if, if we have the right attitude, when we sin, sin's humiliating. It exposes our weaknesses. It it says that we're imperfect and we're not perfect followers of the one that we profess to follow. And so it's hard to say, I blew it. I've made a mess. I've, I've failed. But it's almost impossible to do that if we're in a context where people don't understand. It's hard enough to confess your faults to people who are compassionate and understand and sympathetic. It's next to impossible to do it to people who will look at you and say, well, I can't believe you did that. Fact of the matter is, yes, you can. You can believe because you've done it. Well, you may not have done that very thing, but you let me go through the list, your laundry list, and I can find many things that you've done that are just as scandalous just as embarrassing, just as, well, that you want to stay under wraps and nobody know about uh, like everybody else. I want this to be a place where people can come and say, I want to serve God. I'm not perfect. And when I make mistakes, I want to be able to confess those to you and not have you abandon me. I don't want you to turn your back on me when you know that I'm not perfect, when you know that I have weaknesses and and I struggle. Um, That's the kind of place we need to be. Is this the place where people can openly confess their sins and find forgiveness rather than judgment? Matthew or James chapter 5 and verse 16 says that we're to confess our faults one to another. It's reciprocal. And pray for one another. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I hope that we're like, well, Paul said in Ephesians 4 and verse 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. If anybody ought to be forgiving, it ought to be a Christian. Because we've been forgiven so much. How dare we ever withhold forgiveness from somebody seeking it because we have, I don't know, conjured up that sin's worse than something that, that I've done. I, 
we, we have no platform upon which to do that. Let's be a people, let's be a church where people come here and they say, this is the place where you can be authentic, you can be real, you can confess your sins here and not be judged, but be helped and picked up and encouraged to continue on living like Jesus. And then this is the last one, and we'll leave this to you. Is this the place where people stand for the truth? It's amazing, even among the religious world in general, you know, if you use the broad spectrum of Christianity, you know, whatever might claim to be such, there are things that are embraced today by people that would never have been embraced a generation ago. Justifications made for actions and for lifestyles that people will try to justify and say, hey, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. This is okay. Uh, People have misinterpreted all the way along. And and people stood unanimously against it at one time. Is this the place where people can come and know that they're not going to hear a watered-down gospel, but they're going to hear the truth spoken in love? They're not going to hear things, messages that accommodate people uh, to maybe even manipulate people, but they're going to hear the truth uh, spoken in love. If a church doesn't stand for the truth, then who will? And what function does it serve if it doesn't? The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 that the church is to be the pillar and support of the truth. Somebody has to hold the truth up and present it to the world and, and proclaim this body of truth. Who's going to do that in a world that denies truth? Who, well, God's left that to the church. It's the church's job to be faithful to the truth, to hold it up. And if that means we're different from everybody else, then we're going to be different from everybody else. If that means that I'm going to lose friends, then I lose friends. I want to be loyal to Jesus and to his word above friends and neighbors. I want to walk with Jesus more than I want to walk with people. Sometimes people have compromised the word of God in order to walk with people hand in hand. Two can't walk together unless they be agreed. And so we have the world living this way and we have God telling us this and we have to make a decision. We're we're in the middle. Who are we going to walk with? And And far too often, we choose to walk with the world instead of with God. Is this the place where people can come and see that we're going to uphold the truth, no matter who it hurts, who it touches, who it challenges, the truth won't be compromised? That's what we need to be. I've given you four or five areas tonight Uh, And I know if you go much more than that, you'll never remember any of them. So I'm going to stop right there. But you, in your own personal study this week, maybe that's not a bad idea to think about through the week. That concept is, is this the place when people come to the Carnes Church of Christ? Is this the place where Jesus is uplifted, where the lost are brought to Christ, Is this the place where people can confess their sins and receive strength and support from 
their brothers and sisters in Christ, is this the place where the truth will be presented without favor to man? It'll be presented truthfully without compromise. I believe it is. But I believe it's something that we have to protect and stay on our toes and remember what this is all about. It's not about man, it's about God and how he is attempting to use us to reach the world uh, with the message of the gospel. Let's be that place. When people come here, I want them to leave saying, I've been to the place where this is done. That would be great. Um, I want to be the place where people are reconciled to Christ. If you're here tonight and you're not yet a child of God, this is the place. This is the opportunity to, to walk hand in hand with him at one, as you once did. Sin may have separated you from God, and if that's the case, then you need to get back. Well, how do I do that? I mean, I, I've, my life is so messed up. I, I've gone away so far, and, and so many years have passed, and, and there's some messy things in my life. Well, don't we sing a song just as I am. God will take you just as you are. Now, we'll have to change. We'll have to conform our lives to his will. But you're never, you, you don't fix yourself and say, well, now let me get all the sin and I, let me get everything straightened up. When I get all fixed up and nice and neat, then I'll come be a part of you. No, come just as you are. If there's sin in your life and you want to shed it, come here. This is the place where you can do that and you'll find people attempting to do the same thing and will support you in your effort to shed yourself of sin and to live more freely in Christ. If you haven't yet been baptized, why don't you do that tonight? If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and maybe you need the prayers of your brethren, this is the place where you can come and say, I have failed. I've made a mess of things. I I need help. And uh, I'm ashamed, but I need, I need strength. You'll find the strength and the help from brothers and sisters who have gone through the same thing and who want the best for you. If you need the prayers of your brethren, we're here to pray with you. This is the place where you can meet God. Won't you come as we stand together and sing?